0: Thanks for joining us today. We love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life, so we encourage you to share your story with us at info@fellowshipjj.com. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. And you can do that online at fellowshipgj.com and pick the giving option that works best for you and help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thanks for joining us and enjoy today's message.
1: Let me pray. Father, today I'm asking you to Allow me to simplify the message. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm not trying to give too much information. I pray that you just help me to talk to the people in this room, like brothers and sisters, like family. And I pray, Father, you'd help me keep it simple. And I pray your will be be done. Thank you for your goodness. Bless, I pray, everyone in this room, and I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me, let me understand the room and I've got just barely over 15 minutes and I'm not gonna run late, so I'm gonna hurry. But I need to understand who I'm talking to. How many of you by show of hands would say that you have somebody in heaven today? Would you raise your hands? Can, can we get a little bit more intimate? If you have a child in heaven, would you please stand to represent that child? If you have a stay, stand, keep standing. If you have a parent in heaven, would you stand? A parent. We'll duplicate some, but if you have a sibling in heaven, a brother or a sister, would you, would you please stand? A brother or a sister. Uh-huh. If you have a grandparent or a very close friend or a spouse, in heaven, would you please stand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I got the right room. Before you're seated, if you know the person standing next to you, hug them till they turn blue and then be seated, would you please do that? Well, we've been in a series called My Family. We started out with my family needs miracles along the way. There's no way you can do family life, make a marriage relationship work, raise kids in this culture without having miracles. God intervention when you can't go any further. God giving you information and breakthroughs, doing what only God can do as you do what only you can do. You have to have miracles along the way when it comes to your family. We also talked about my family. My family needs a spiritual leader. Somebody that's gonna stand in the gap. Somebody that's gonna pray. Somebody that throws their arms around a wife when her heart is broken and prays her through that difficult time. Somebody who lays hands on a sick child and asks God to heal them. There has to be spiritual leaders in every home. Somebody that hears from the Lord and as leading of the Holy Spirit. When it comes to the decisions that your family needs to make when you're in an impasse, that you hear from God and say, this is what I got, family. Let's go for it. You gotta have it last week. My family needs good, sound advice. You heard Pastor Tim talk about the fact that there are five types of people that you cannot help. You don't give up on them, but you give them over. But in every family, you have family members that will not listen to you anymore. It's like you're saying it, but they're not getting it. So with those people, you especially need good, sound advice coming from people on the outside. A multitude of counsel, the Bible calls it. A church family, pastors, somebody, a youth pastor, somebody to just get in their world, take them to Taco Bell and say, man, what you're doing, you're going the wrong way. It's not gonna work. And all of a sudden, click. They hear it when you've been saying it forever. My family needs good sound advice. And my family, my family needs a forever home. I've never had a, a forever home. Oh, Ann and I have lived in several places, all kinds of places. I mean, we've had small houses with very little yards. We've had larger houses with acreage. We even lived one time, we thought it'd be cool to have a patio home that was a duplex. So we lived in one side of a duplex. An older woman was living on the other side for a little period of time. And we thought that's what we, we'd travel a little bit more, not have a yard to take, but we could hear her dog barking through the wall. And we thought, nah, this ain't forever home. I drive back by some of the houses that, uh, that Anna and I have either built from new or that we have uh, uh, purchased that somebody else owned for a while and remodeled. And when I drive back by them now, they don't mean anything to me. I mean, there was a one time we invested in them, we worked hard, you know, be good stewards to get them, get them just the way, you know. And Anna would, you know, could take a house and she could turn it into a home. I mean, that's a gift I think God gives you women because they're just houses, they're just responsibilities and a project list for us guys to do sometimes until a woman takes that house and turns it into a home. And now you build memories there that later when you move out of, you live off the memories that you built there, but you're not connected to that house anymore because that house wasn't permanent. Now the Bible tells us that there's nothing on this earth that is permanent. Take a look at this, Hebrews 13:14. For this world is not our permanent home. We are looking forward to a home yet to come. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 16, this is God's kids, people of faith talking here, talking about, but they are looking for a better place. Man, I don't know about you, but this world is a mess. There's so much stuff going on in the news, and if you think politics have been bad, wait till 2020 hits and it's going to a whole new level of nasty. And I don't know about you, but as I get older, this place doesn't feel like home to me anymore. It doesn't feel like the great nation that we once had and we once lived in. And the Bible says this, they're looking for a better place. Hello, I'm looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he's preparing a city for them. John 14, Jesus starts doing the talking here. He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything's ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me. Wow, a place, a home that's gonna last forever. You don't have to flip it one of these days. It's gonna be perfect. So now you're gonna have a new home. And are you ready for this? Because this is pretty cool. You're gonna have a new body to put in it, a new body. Now, for those of you that are rock-hard 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds, that doesn't interest you. But us little flabby 60-year-old people, man, we're like, hey, take a new body. Romans 8, 23 puts it this way, and we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering, we too wait with eager hope the day when God will give us the full rights as his adopted children, watch what it includes, the new bodies he has promised us. In Philippians, Paul starts talking to those that are gonna miss out on this new heaven, helm in heaven, gonna miss out on having a glorified body. And, and by the way, those that are not saved will not have a glorified body. So I don't know what they're gonna look like. I don't know what they're gonna be like, but we will have glorified bodies. He talks about these people that are not saved. He says, when I talk about them, tears fill my eyes. And this is how he describes in Philippians 3. They really are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now he's saying this with tears. And watch his characteristics. They think only about this life here on earth. And then he goes on to say, but we're citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. We're eagerly waiting for him to return as a savior. He will take our weak and our mortal bodies and change them to this glorious bodies like his own. So when we get a discontent attack going on in our life, it's easy to understand this. We will never truly be satisfied here on this planet. Have you ever bought a home and said, this house is perfect. Live in a little while and go, well, okay, I would have done a little bit something different with this. I'd have changed this a little bit. You ever buy a car or a truck and go, woo, this is perfect. Find out a little bit later, it's not so perfect. Well, that discontent attack that you have, hear me out. It will never be satisfied on this earth for you as a child of God, because nothing here is ever gonna fit you perfectly. Now, while you're here, yes, you're supposed to live the abundant life. Yes, you're supposed to be filled with joy, filled with happiness. Yes, you're supposed to be optimistic. And we're also supposed to be good stewards of that which God has given us because it shows him our gratitude and thanks for that house, for that property, for that car. And it's gratitude that comes out when we take care of the things that God has given us, but never forget that it is all temporary. And even John said in 1 John chapter 2 said, this world is passing away along with all of its desires. You can't stay here. Nobody has ever stayed here. And the world in which you and I know it, that's why it's getting worse. It's passing away, the Bible says. So you and I have got to be interested in this place called heaven because heaven's our home. Many, many years ago, I heard somebody say that, you know, they used to use a quote by saying something mean about a person, they would say, that person is so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And even though I understand what they're saying, that you can't really relate to them on a regular basis, what, what, I think it would, if we were more heavenly minded, we would be more earthly good. So take a look with me, if you would, even though God doesn't tell us a great deal about heaven, take a look at four quick facts that everybody needs to know about this place called heaven. Number one, we will have bodies when we get to heaven. Now they're gonna be glorified bodies. You say, well, and, and yesterday I was helping out a family with a, uh, a wedding and there was a 99-year-old grandma there and she was on a little walker and she was crumpled up you know, in that little chair, and she couldn't stand when they pinned a corsage on her, and she was just as sweet as she could possibly be. When she goes to heaven, is she gonna be a crumpled up little old 99-year-old woman that's walking around on a walker? Well, that wouldn't be like Christ's glorious body, would it? Are there gonna be babies in heaven? Will there actually be babies that people are holding, having to take care of? Well, there's no real mention about that. When Jesus, this is what we know. There, there's several things we don't know. Here's a few things that we know. Jesus said, you're going to have a body likened to his glorious body. Now, interesting. Some people think that that means everybody is going to be around the age of, what do you think? 33. Not a bad age. 30s weren't too bad on us, too hard on us. But I don't know if that's the case. Bible doesn't say that. We're just assuming that that's possible. Jesus said when it came to having a body, meaning we're not just going to be spirit lights flying around. We're not going to be angels. You're going to be recognizable in your body. You say, well, what if people were cremated, or what if they, uh, you know, had a tragedy where they were blown up in a war or something like that? It, it, It doesn't. My personal opinion is if God can make us from dust, God can take whatever your body is at the time he glorifies it and bring it back. (laughs) Jesus said, look at my hands, look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I'm not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies. You see that I do. Here's the second thought. We will recognize each other. Now, some people think that God's just going to wipe all our memories, you know, we won't have recognition of each other, but that's not true. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, For now we see only a reflection in a mirror, but then face to face, now I know in part, then I'll know fully as I am what? Fully known. So just like we know each other here, we're going to know each other in heaven. When you walk in the lobby and you know, Hey, Stuart, what's up, man? Good to see your family. How you all doing? Same thing in heaven. We're going to recognize each other, know each other as we were known, the Bible says. Matthew chapter 17, Jesus takes Peter, James, and John up on a high mountain, and while they're up there, Jesus is transformed. The Bible says that that his face shone like the the light of the sun. It was just radiant. And while this was happening, Peter, James, and John are watching it, uh, Moses and Elijah appears from where? Heaven. And they recognize Moses and Elijah. Now, Stay with me. Moses and Elijah didn't live when they lived on this planet. They lived in a different time frame from a different generation earlier. They did not have flannel graph pictures of Moses and Elijah to look at. They could not do a Google search on them, and there was no artist renderings. How did they know it was Moses and Elijah? Because there was some type of knowledge that God gave them to recognize them in their lives body form that had been glorified. So yes, we're gonna recognize each other when we get there. Fact number three, there will be no more suffering, pain, or dying when we get to heaven. This is Revelation chapter 21 and verse four. Every one of you a moment ago stood and said that you have somebody in heaven that you miss, that you love, and the Bible's telling you when you and I get to heaven, there's no more death. There's no more dying. If we didn't know each other, what would matter if somebody in heaven died? We know each other, we connect with each other. So God says no dying, there's no death, there's no sorrow, there's no crying or pain to Revelation chapter 21 verse four. All these things are gone, how long? Forever, you'll never deal with those things again, ever in your, in your existence. And the number four, heaven will be a better than you could possibly imagine. It'll be better than you possibly imagine. Bible says, but it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You ever hear somebody say, well, let me describe heaven to you, okay? They're wrong. It's like somebody saying, I'm gonna tell you the date when Jesus is coming back again. No, they don't. They don't know it. Bible says no man knows the time. You can know a season. You can't know the date, the time. That's foolishness. When somebody says, I went to heaven, and this is what it looks like. No, that's not what it looks like because the Bible said, it is not entered into the heart of man. There is no way that you or anyone else on this planet has ever comprehended how great and wonderful heaven is. And if God explained it to you, he did not put in you the capacity to be able to grasp it. It is going to be greater than you can possibly imagine. And if it was explained, you wouldn't get it, not in this mind, not in this body, because it is going to be so wonderful that God did not give us the capacity to get it all in now and that which you have longed for your entire life will be satisfied because it's going to be amazing do you know that you're going I mean do you know that you're going do you know one of the greatest Christian influencers in my dad's life was Billy Graham and before he died he said this about his knowing that he's going to heaven, take a look.
0: I know I'm going to heaven. I'm looking forward to it with great anticipation because of what Jesus did on that cross. He died for us, but he was raised by God. I've found during the latter years of my life when I've had sicknesses and been in the hospital and so forth, There's a peace that just resides there, and stays there, that I cannot explain. We all die. I'm not going to escape it. I don't want to escape it, I want to go. The vast majority of my life has already been lived. My record has already been made. I don't have very much longer, I know that. Some of my closest friends and relatives, and especially my wife, are already in heaven. And because of the hope we have in Jesus, we can all be in heaven someday forever.
1: Do you know? I mean, do you absolutely know? Paul said, the reason why I'm writing you these things is so that you might know that you have eternal life. Not guess, not hope so, not well, when we get there we'll find out. You're supposed to know now, how? By faith, by faith and trust in what God said concerning you accepting his son as your personal savior. Do you know? I can't imagine somebody coming to Fellowship Church and then we get to heaven one day and go, where, where are they? You're kidding me, they, they came, they served, they They sung on the plane, well, are you kidding me? They missed it, how did they do that? Guys, there's one of three ways that you can get into heaven. One of three. Now, before you panic, let me give them to you. <laughs> Number one, you can leave this earth before you ever reach an age where you can reason. David talked about the fact that when his baby was sick, and many of you have dealt with sick babies in your family and have lost children and babies. And there are some children that we have that you, you didn't see on the platform because they're sick, and we're praying for those kids. But David prayed for a sick baby one time. And as he was praying, he was asking God to heal him, and he wouldn't eat. And then, when the baby finally did die, David got up, took a shower, started eating. They said, "What are you doing, man? You were, you know, that a minute ago, and now look what you're doing now." And, he, and David said, "This, I cannot bring my child back to me, but I can go and I can be with my child." What was he saying? That baby's safe. That baby's in heaven. No record of him ever asking Jesus Christ to be his Lord and Savior, because he had not reached the age of reason yet. It is my strong conviction that anyone who has a mental handicap where they are like a child in their thinking, that they are also covered by that same mercy and grace that God puts on all babies and all children before they reach a certain age which can be different for everyone, that they too will have that mercy and they will be in heaven. Yes, you can go to heaven by not reaching that age or by not having a mind that can reason. Now let me look around. You don't fall into that category. You can also go to heaven by being sinless never committing a sin on this planet, never having a thought that you shouldn't have. And looking at this crowd, many of you had several thoughts you shouldn't have had while sitting in this room this morning. You're mad at a spouse, you threw an elbow. I know, I see it. What I'm trying to say is, let me me assess the crowd really quickly. None of you qualify. Or you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. The Bible says there's no way that anybody could get into heaven other than coming through Christ. There's no relationship with the Heavenly Father by rejecting His Son. There is one way and one name by which a person must be saved. And that's by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have never asked Him to come into your heart and save you, do it now. Do it today. Take a look at this this verse out of Deuteronomy with me really quickly. Today I've given you a choice between life and death between blessings and curses. Now I call on all of heaven and, I, and all of earth to witness the choice that you are about to make. Oh, that you would choose life so that you and your descendants might live. Would you stand with me? I'm gonna ask our entire church family, even though you may have prayed this a million times out loud, to help those that are standing around you feel very, very comfortable. I wanna ask if you would to pray this prayer out loud with me. Now listen carefully to me now. I'm not asking you to do this because everybody's doing it. I'm asking you to do this because you need to do this. You don't get to stay here. This earth is passing away. This is not your home and it never will be. But man, does life ever get better when you have an eternal perspective on whatever you're doing and dealing with now is temporary because I'm going to a place that is absolutely mind blowing. I'm gonna have a new home. I'm gonna have a new body. There's no death, no dying, no nothing that's keeping me awake at night will ever be in that wonderful place. But are you going? Do you know you have a home in heaven? If you call upon the name of the Lord, thou shalt be saved. Let's do it right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I repent of my sins. I love you. Thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I make you my Lord and Savior. Give me a home forever in heaven. Give me a home forever in heaven. Be my Lord in this life. I love you. In Jesus name, amen. Love y'all,
0: thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, we'd like to give you an opportunity to do so right now. Romans 10.9 says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. We'd like to pray and simply invite Jesus to be your savior and the leader of your life. You can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner who needs forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I ask you to be the leader of my life, to be the Lord of my life, and I want to follow you. I believe God that Jesus is who he said he is. And I choose now to follow him all the days of my life. I commit my life to you. And it is in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Well, we'd like to congratulate you. And share your story with us at info@fellowshipgj.com. Again, thanks for joining us.